catching you up on the latest stories from around the Sunshine State that you should know heading into this Thursday morning, January 19th. I'm Julia Cooper, and this is The Point from WUFT News. Each month, the Suwannee River Water Management District monitors the water conditions of rivers, springs, and the Florida Aquifer across north-central Florida. Their most recent hydrological conditions report indicates low rainfall and water levels in some areas. I spoke with the district's communications and outreach manager, Troy Roberts, on how 65% less than average rainfall has affected the area. Just to kind of start us off, I wonder if you could walk me through what a hydrological report is and why the Water Management District does them. So the hydrological uh, conditions report we put out monthly. Um, and it contains a wide variety of data. Uh, it talks about rainfall, it talks about the aquifer levels, uh, groundwater, it talks about like what kind of outlook we're looking uh, over the next few months at climate and drought, uh, and then compares them to previous months. So basically, if people are looking for any information on how much rainfall we got over the previous month, or uh, you know, again, what the aquifer levels look like, it's an easy resource that they can um, take a look at uh, and you know, stay informed. What would you consider the highlights of the most recent report to be? We typically try to pull out information that we think is is relevant for uh, the general public. So one of the things that we noticed um, over the month of December is that we really didn't get a lot of rainfall, which is uh, has been a theme um, over the past uh, several months now. North Florida uh, and Florida in particular has been very light on rainfall. I think we were 65% lower than average during the month of December. Um, Obviously, we'd like to see more rain. The good news is on the forecast next week, it looks like we're going to be getting some of that. So typically, you know, that's one of the things that we really want to highlight is, you know, how uh, how much rainfall we're getting and how that impacts um, our systems and not just our rivers and springs, but um, everything in our district. And what kinds of things are impacted when we do have these periods of low rainfall? This is a, a cyclical thing for us. Rainfall varies uh, depending on the month, depending, depends on the year. Um, obviously, that has an impact on how our, our springs and our rivers and our lakes uh, look. Um, so, you know, if you go out to, let's say, the Suwannee River right now, you'll notice that it is not as high as it was maybe in February or March of last year when we had significant higher rainfall. Now, our springs, for example, are probably clearer than they've been in a long time because of that. So the spring flow is clear and they look beautiful right now, as opposed to when we have higher rainfall, uh, especially if the rivers are higher, they may be backflowing into the springs and that's when we have brownout conditions and uh, our springs look more like rivers than they do uh, the clear springs that we're used to. You know, to clarify, I mean, this is cyclical. I mean, there's not really any reason for concern here. You know, we see typical patterns like this every year. Uh, and, you know, we're in a fairly dry period right now. Our wetter months are typically between May and August. And as we see increased rainfall um, over the months ahead, like I said, you know, we're looking at quite a bit of rain next week, it looks like, according to the forecast. You know, you'll see aquifer levels begin to rise. You'll see the rivers and the lakes and the springs begin to rise as well. And that's one of the reasons why we put out that hydrological conditions report every month is so we can continue to monitor those conditions and also make sure that the public is informed uh, of what's going on out there. So if they have any questions, um, you know, they have that information at hand that they can they can look at themselves. Something else that I noticed as I was looking through the report was the data sets on the Florida aquifer and what's happening there. And the range between the water levels there seem very drastic in different areas. I wonder if you can kind of contextualize what's happening with that for me. 
We have two areas in the district, two wells specifically. There's one in Lafayette and one in Dixie County um, that are showing what we would consider extremely low um, aquifer levels. However, those numbers can be a little bit misleading. Um, these numbers don't necessarily show the actual aquifer level, but they show how the current levels compare to previous measurements that we have in-house. Um, so it's not a direct measurement of the aquifer itself, but kind of a reflection of where they are historically. So, uh, for example, the one in Lafayette County, we didn't have continuous measurements uh, on that well for like 20 years. And so we only had manual measurements. So instead of having basically a daily measurement of where that is, it would be manual measure measurements that would be sporadic and throughout the year. So we don't have that same amount of data to compare to, especially in the early 2000s when we were in a drought. So if we had, you know, that specific data set, which we don't, there's a fairly good chance that we wouldn't be seeing uh, extremely low um, conditions in that area. And the same goes for both the Dixie County and Jefferson County ones. Uh, the difference with those is that uh, the wells are tidally influenced. So if you take uh, an aquifer level reading during a low tide, it'll show different than if it's at high tide. And these specific ones from my research were taking at low tide. So both of those are showing at a lower um, level than what we would have seen if they were taken in high tide. And the thing with, with both of these is, you know, uh, and we've kind of already mentioned it, but, you know, rainfall does have an impact on the aquifer, especially in, in that specific area there. Um, and, you know, we had a fairly uh, dry end of 2021, or I'm sorry, 2022, um, and pretty much a drier year overall. Um, in 2021, we received 61 inches of rain as compared to only 48 inches last year. Uh, and that's actually the least amount of rainfall that we've gotten since 2011. So a uh, little bit of a drier year is what has, you know, made some of that orange come out on some of these counties here. But, you know, again, it's cyclical. We get more rain sometimes in, in, in some years than others. And uh, again, as we move into a wetter season, um, you'll start to see, um, you know, any of those areas that may have uh, lower aquifer levels start to climb. Ecologically, what do lower water levels in the aquifer mean for Florida? I mean, so typically, you know, in terms of lower aquifer levels, I mean, most of it has to do with reduced spring flow and reduced river flows. You know, you'll see a little bit less flow in the rivers, uh, and a lot of that's just the nature of not getting a lot of rainfall over the previous months. Um, so lower river levels, uh, a little bit of a lower flow, but again, both of those typically will be uh, addressed and corrected once we get into a uh, rainier season, which thankfully is coming uh, in the months ahead. And then is there anything about what the uh, management district has been up to recently that you think is important for the public to know? Our goal um, as a whole is just to educate the public as much as we can about the, the resources that we have in our backyard and, and how vital it is to protect them. Um, you know, we are very, very blessed to be in an area that has, uh, you know, more springs than um, pretty much anywhere else. I mean, we have more than 450 springs in our district. Uh, obviously, they all look very different, but they all serve a purpose and they're all vital. And, you know, our mission is to make sure that people understand that uh, protecting these is important. We want to make sure that people understand with a lot of these springs, you know, we don't get a second chance at this. If we ruin something that we've been given, that's that's it. Uh, you know, if a spring stops flowing because of, uh, of bad practices, unfortunately, that's it for that spring. And so we want to make sure that people understand, hey, you know, these are vital to our area. Uh, they're important. And, you know, we want to do everything we can to protect them. And it, 
you know, it takes more than just us. It takes everybody working together to preserve them, not just for, you know, for you and I, but for, you know, future generations. That was the Suwannee River Water Management District's Troy Roberts on the organization's most recent hydrological conditions report. Now, let's catch you up on today's top stories from around the state. In a presentation on Wednesday, the Interim Director of Gainesville's Office of Equity and Inclusion outlined four ways the city should promote equity. According to WUFT's Katie Heisen, the strategies include training the city's top leadership, giving equity training to all city staff, implementing a standardized process to review proposed city policy with equity in mind, and creating a partnership model that empowers city departments to address equity issues themselves. Director Folson hopes that addressing issues within city staff is the first step in the long game of creating community-wide equity. The Florida Department of Education has warned that school librarians risk committing a crime if they loan out materials considered harmful to minors. According to WLRN, the State Board of Education is considering new proposed standards for library books, and district staffers are advised to err on the side of caution when selecting books suitable for school libraries. A federal judge has rejected a request by Governor Ron DeSantis to conduct mental examinations on a pair of 12-year-olds challenging a state rule that prohibits Medicaid coverage for gender-affirming care. According to the News Service of Florida, in his two-page decision released Wednesday, U.S. District Judge Robert Hinkle noted a lack of qualifications for treating transgender youths from the psychiatrist selected by the state to conduct the mental exams. Subscribe to The Point newsletter, which drops the latest Florida stories into your inbox every weekday morning at 8 a.m. Visit WUFT.org to subscribe and view the most recent issues. I'm Julia Cooper, and you've been listening to The Point from WUFT News out of the University of Florida's College of Journalism and Communications. Have a great Thursday.